This is Sunrise. The who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where high school student J.J. Holmes is pleading with the governor to let districts adopt masking policies so he can go back to school. J.J. has cerebral palsy. He's confined to a wheelchair, and he can't go back to school if the other kids don't have to wear a mask. Governor DeSantis is taking away my rights so he can give more freedom to other people. J.J. appeared courtesy of Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed, who continues to attack the governor's entire response to the COVID crisis. I know that some of you are tired of listening about COVID, and I know that some of you are tired of hearing the numbers and, and talking about it, but we're not through this yet. The governor held a press conference in Orlando Monday to talk about treating COVID patients with Regeneron, an antibody for people who already have the disease. He even brought one of his top health bureaucrats because her daughter was treated with Regeneron. When we left the infusion center, her fever was 105. By 10 o'clock the next morning, her fever had dropped to 99.6. But Democrats in the legislature say there is so much more the governor should be doing to help hospitals deal with the new wave of COVID cases. What will change the current state of crisis that our hospitals are in in this moment? Real mitigation efforts, a lifting of the restrictions, not just on our public schools from requiring masks, social distancing and other things, but lifting those same restrictions on our county mayors and our city mayors who have been totally handcuffed in their ability to deal with this crisis. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events, plus the stories of two Florida persons. One is a Florida man who can steal your catalytic converter in 90 seconds flat. The other is a Florida woman arrested for exposing her breast to her boyfriend while he was in jail. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Tuesday, August 17th. This is National Thrift Shop Day and National Black Cat Appreciation Day. On this date in 1903, Joseph Pulitzer donated $1 million to Columbia University and began the Pulitzer Prizes in America. In 1939, The Wizard of Oz opened in New York City. In 1945, Korea is divided into North and South along the 38th parallel. In 1957, baseball player Richie Ashburn of the Phillies fouls and hits fan Alice Roth twice in the same game. The first hit broke her nose, the second one hit her while she was still on the stretcher. In 1998, during the Monica Lewinsky scandal, President Bill Clinton admitted he had an improper physical relationship with the intern and admitted to the nation he misled people about it. And on this date one year ago, the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill became the first U.S. college to send students home and convert to online classes after 135 COVID-19 cases were detected. As the summer surge in COVID cases continues, the State Board of Education meets today to figure out what, if anything, should be done to the Alachua and Broward County school boards that have the nerve to violate the governor's order banning mask mandates. Imagine the gall of those local officials who think it's more important to protect their kids than to protect Florida's reputation as a wide-open state. But the fact is that short of vaccinations, masks are the best way to stop the spread of COVID-19, and there are serious complications if people do not mask up. Disabled kids are especially vulnerable. Kids like J.J. Holmes of Lake Mary High School. He wants to attend class like any other student, but cannot return when masks are optional. Hi, my name is J.J. and I'm a junior at Lake Mary High School. Go Rams! 
I have cerebral palsy, and I'm in a wheelchair, and I use a communication app on my iPad to talk. I type on the keyboard with my nose. I've been home since March 2020, and I want to go back to school. But I can't because Governor DeSantis has banned schools from implementing a mask mandate for all students. Last year was so hard, but I figured once we get a vaccine, things can start getting back to normal. But now Florida is dealing with Delta and a governor who doesn't care about public safety. Governor DeSantis is taking away my rights so he can give more freedom to other people. And it doesn't even make any sense that Governor DeSantis says he's fighting for our freedom to not wear masks in school. Does the governor not know that at school? If you want to play football, you gotta wear a helmet. No freedom there. He's got to know that every single day at school, students are not allowed to wear certain clothes. And we don't have freedom to talk in school without raising our hand. We even need a pass from the teacher before we're allowed to go to the restroom. So yeah, school isn't really known for its freedoms. I'm scared about where Florida is hiding, and I'm scared when I see Governor DeSantis laughing and saying, how can I drink beer when I'm wearing a mask? Floridians are dying, and he's joking about it, so I'm scared. Governor Ron DeSantis has responded to complaints about his lack of masking policy by saying people just have to learn to deal with it. But Holmes says he's done dealing. Governor DeSantis means by that. I have been dealing with it. When COVID struck and I had to do virtual school, I did deal with it. When I stayed home and isolated for the last 18 months, because I can't wear a mask, I did deal with it. When I lost a lot of my new high school friends, I did deal with it. When I couldn't get my power chair because of COVID, I did deal with it. When my favorite comedian, who I wanted to get tickets to see for over five years, postponed his Florida show because of COVID, I did deal with it. When my granny died and I couldn't go to her funeral because of COVID, I did deal with it. I have been dealing with it and now the governor says I need to give up or to deal with it. All I have left to give up is my education and my life. Holmes appeared with Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed, who has been doing regular updates on COVID and has become the official thorn in the side of the governor. Well, JJ, thank you again uh, for being with me today. Um, and thank you for being so brave and speaking out for what you think is right um, for school and for, and for your friends and colleagues um, and for everybody in the state of Florida who's watching. Uh, I, I know that some of you are tired of listening about COVID. And I know that some of you are tired of hearing the numbers and, and talking about it. 
but we're not through this yet. So I'm asking as, as a fellow Floridian, we live in a state that we live in a community. We have to respect one another. We have to care about each other's well-beings. We have to care about others. And so with that, I, I'm asking everybody to please do what is right um, for your family, for our children, um, for our communities. Please wear a mask, follow the CDC guidelines, social distance when, we, when you can, if you're inside, and please get the vaccines. Uh, talk to people who have gotten sick, who didn't get the vaccine and now regret and wish that they had. Um, there's gonna be locations all across our state. If you're not feeling well, go get tested. Um, there's even home testing at this point too. So we're making this very easy. Do your part to get us through this. Um, the last thing we want is also seeing the trickle down impacts of our economy um, based on, on the irresponsible policies of our governor and our commissioner of education um, that are putting our children at risk. I mean, yeah. I'm getting reports every single day of the mm -hmm. amount of kids throughout our entire school system and our entire state who are having to quarantine um, at home. Um, so do it for them. Do it for the future of our state. Uh, this is something that we need to be doing together. Um, we're going to continue being a, a broken record and playing over and over again until we're past this pandemic. Um, we're going to do things together. We're going to get tested. We're going to stay at home when we have to. And we're going to wear a mask when we're supposed to. And we're going to get the vaccine. We're in this together. It's the only way through this. The governor actually held a press conference Monday where COVID-19 was the subject, but he did not mention the more than 40,000 Floridians killed by COVID or the ongoing surge in cases, more than 150,000 in the past week. He was at Camping World Stadium in Orlando to talk about pop-up clinics dispensing Regeneron, a monoclonal antibody treatment for people who already have COVID-19. This will be something that will be open seven days a week. Uh, you go to patientportalfl.com, you'll be able to, to make uh, appointments. We are going to be doing more. Uh, we're going to be doing more in the Central Florida region. We're going to be doing more um, South Florida. I mean, pretty much the whole state. You know, our goal is to have something uh, that's close. And this is not displacing anything that's already been done. Health systems have been doing this. Some doctor's offices have been doing it. That's very good. There's plenty of supply. So this is supplementing what's out there and then obviously doing it in a way that's easily accessible for people and that's increasing the visibility of this so that people know uh, that this is an option. The governor even brought along Simone Marsteller, the secretary of the Agency for Healthcare Administration, so she could sing the praises of Regeneron. A uh, close family member, and uh, in fact, my daughter, um, came down with COVID um, about a week and a half ago. She had two days worth of symptoms, cough, very high fever, um, congestion, etc. Um, and I told her to go and get tested, which she did. So she started her symptoms on a Thursday, Thursday and Friday symptoms. Saturday went and got the COVID test, and of course it was positive. She got her test results at about 2 o'clock that Saturday. By 5 p.m. that Saturday, she was getting the monoclonal antibody infusion. When we left the infusion center, her fever was 105. By 10 o'clock the next morning, her fever had dropped to 99.6. So when you hear that the, that the results of this treatment can indeed be dramatic and can keep people out of the hospital, it is, it's true and I've seen it. My daughter is immunocompromised. She had not yet been vaccinated. And yet the results of this antibody treatment had dramatic effects. 
There's no doubt Regeneron can work wonders if you've already got COVID, but it's not a vaccination. And DeSantis rarely talks about vaccines anymore or masks. State Representative Carlos Guillermo Smith of Orlando says that has to change. You know, he has to repeal this ridiculous ban on mask mandates in our schools. We have to put every tool on the table to encourage vaccination uh, in the state of Florida. There needs to be uh, incentives. Right now, our hospitals are in crisis. They are totally overwhelmed. Even if millions of Floridians got vaccinated tomorrow, and we know that that vaccine will be extremely effective, it will be another five or six weeks before those individuals are fully protected, which doesn't change the current state of crisis that our hospitals are in right now in this moment. What will change the current state of crisis that our hospitals are in in this moment? In this moment, real mitigation efforts, a lifting of the restrictions, not just on our public schools from requiring masks, social distancing and other things, but lifting those same restrictions on our county mayors and our city mayors who have been totally handcuffed in their ability to deal with this crisis because of legislation that has been passed. Now that legislation is already signed into law, but we all know that the governor has extraordinary uh, special emergency powers. And if he were to redeclare a state of emergency, which he should, because that is our current situation, he would be able to suspend those restrictions on local mayors and local leaders so that they can mitigate this crisis, prevent more people from entering the hospital uh, and, you know, do everything that we can to put every tool on the table. I'd also like to hear from Dr. Rifkes, our state surgeon general, because I want to remind you all that his experience that brought him uh, to this position include the fact that uh, he was a professor of pediatrics, uh, specifically at Yale. Uh, And also at the same time, he used to chair the pediatrics department at UF College of Medicine. I would like to hear from our state surgeon general about the impact of COVID specifically on children and what needs to be done to certainly mitigate that impact. And State Representative Christine Hunchowski of Parkland says the governor really needs to reconsider his decision to release the COVID stats once a week instead of every day. She says they're flying blind with outdated information. I come here as a state representative, but I was um, also a mayor uh, when COVID first um, hit our communities. And uh, we relied daily on um, that information that we were getting from the Department of Health to not only make decisions where we were legally able to make decisions, but also just to talk to our friends, our neighbors, and our family about um, what we could be doing to keep ourselves safe. And when we are not given that information on a daily basis, especially as COVID numbers have increased significantly, our hospitals are filling up. um, If we're not given that information, it's very easy for people to be misinformed as to what the status is in their community and then not have the full information they need to make the decisions they need to make. Um, So many people are working to make this uh, pandemic political. But at the core of it, if we remember our duty as public servants, it's about the people we serve. It's about public health and it's about crisis management. 
And there's no way to effectively manage a crisis when you are not communicating and sharing data that people need to keep their families safe. I'm also a little concerned about some of the information we're getting about the percentages of vaccinated people in our communities. Um, we are getting those also on a, in a random um, weekly, sometimes every two weeks. Recently in Broward County, we've been given some uh, zip codes that have vaccination rates of over 100%. And um, when I was asked by my constituents, how is that possible? Um, I wasn't getting very clear answers from the Department of Health. Um, for example, we have area code 33019 that says there's 137% vaccination rate. We have area code 3326 that has 118% vaccination rate. Now, why do I bring that up? It might lead people to have a false sense of security about how vaccinated their areas are. It also makes it more difficult for those of us on the ground, those of us who have neighbors and family members to see who, where we need to target um, to encourage people to get the vaccine. Um, in fact, I recently heard um, a local elected official speak about the high vaccination rate in the area as a reason that um, maybe it's not important to mandate masks. So when we're sharing information, we are giving people the tools they need to make the decisions as elected officials to keep our communities safe, but as human beings, as residents of Florida, we are giving people the opportunity to keep their families and their neighbors safe. Last week, the governor said it might be time to return to the daily reporting of COVID statistics. His press office now says those remarks were misconstrued. Your calendar of events, the Revenue Estimating Conference meets at 9 to update the official estimate of general revenue. The Building Officials Association of Florida will host a panel discussion at 9 in West Palm Beach about the safety of buildings after the deadly collapse of a condo in Surfside. Trustees at St. Pete College meet at 9 in Clearwater. Trustees at Northwest Florida State College meet at 3 in Niceville. The State Board of Education holds an emergency meeting at 4 to discuss school district compliance with an executive order and rule aimed at preventing requirements that students wear masks during the COVID-19 pandemic. The board will focus on Alachua and Broward counties, which are requiring students to have a doctor's note to be exempt from wearing a mask. And trustees at North Florida College meet at 5.30 in Madison. Deputies are searching for a Florida man who has a habit of pulling up to vehicles, crawling underneath, and removing their catalytic converters. The individual has been identified as 46-year-old Jason Fisher, and in a recent heist, he completed the job in 1 minute and 30 seconds flat. Remember that the next time your mechanic tells you it's going to take three hours to replace your converter. And if you've seen Jason, you might want to call the Charlotte County Sheriff's Office. Finally today, a Florida woman has been arrested for lewd behavior after she exposed her breasts and masturbated during a video visitation with her jail boyfriend. 38-year-old Danielle Ferraro went to the Charlotte County Jail last week to visit her boyfriend, Cody Thomas, and it was entirely virtual, no contact allowed. But officers say Danielle began rubbing her breasts and appeared to have an orgasm as she rocked back and forth in her chair. Toward the end of the session, she flashed her boobs. The woman was arrested a few days later and told officers, quote, I cannot believe that showing Cody my boobs would get me arrested. She'll be arraigned September 1st. That's it for this episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.